0: Came here for some music. It kinda of happened really organically, really like spontaneously. It's not just going in there and making a noise, folks. Yeah. <laughs> the classic rock files with Kelly Parker. Well, looky here. Stevie Nicks has finally opened up about Lindsey Buckingham's dismissal, if not firing from Fleetwood Mac. She called Lindsey Buckingham's version of events factually inaccurate and revisionist history. Now Buckingham has maintained that his firing came from Nix no longer wanting to be in a band with him. And apparently that intensified strains within the band. And what is Fleetwood Mac without strains within the band? He has said in earlier interviews, as well as a new one out in the LA Times, you can find that online, related to a few specific issues, he said, it was his desire to briefly delay a Fleetwood Mac tour, which is what he's most commonly said, because he wanted to do a few dates to promote his new solo album, which he's just put out, but it was delayed a couple of years. His complaint about the song choice when the group walked on stage to get the 2018 Music Cares Person of the Year award Stevie Nicks wrote Rhiannon, that was the song And Nick's perception at the awards That Buckingham mocked her long speech at the ceremony Now you can find that online And that sounds totally bogus Because Stevie is going on and on and on And the band is standing behind her And finally it's Christine McVie Who starts chatting with Mick Fleetwood She gestures at her watch The rest of them they start chit-chatting a little bit And then Christine McVie Starts slow dancing with Mick Fleetwood And then so beside her, there's uh, Lindsey Buckingham, and he looks over at John McVie and goes, hey, want to dance? And so they start slow dancing. So it wasn't initiated by Buckingham as well. You can see it clearly on the video. In any case, that's the story, and that's part of the confusion about this whole thing. So it was shortly after that event that Lindsey Buckingham says he got a call from the band's manager, Irving Azoff. Not even somebody from the band, and that's how he found out he was fired. And in this new Los Angeles Times interview, Lindsey Buckingham says, quote, Ironically, nothing went down that night that was as contentious as the stuff we'd been through for 43 years. He said he believes that Stevie wanted to cut herself loose from having to perform alongside him in concert. He says, I think she saw the possibility of remaking the band more in the Stevie Nicks vein, more mellow and kind of down, giving her more chances to do the kind of talking she does on stage. Again, with the talking. Stevie has a different explanation. She told the Los Angeles Times through her publicist, quote, his version of events is factually inaccurate. And while I've never spoken publicly on the matter, certainly it feels the time has come to shine a light on the truth. She says, to be exceedingly clear, I did not have him fired. I did not ask him to be fired. I did not demand he be fired. Frankly, I fired myself. Okay, that's the moment. She says, I proactively removed myself from the band and a situation I considered to be toxic to my well-being. I was done. If the band went on without me, so be it. Spoken like somebody who's got power and leverage in a negotiation because that was not going to happen. She said, and after many lengthy group discussions, Fleetwood Mac, a band whose legacy is rooted in evolution and change and drama, let's face it, found a new path forward with two hugely talented new members, Neil Finn and Mike Campbell. So Buckingham told Rolling Stone that he didn't see the current iteration of Fleetwood Mac on stage. He said, I'm sure it was fine. Although just looking at the set list, the whole thing seems somewhat generic and perhaps bordering on being a cover band. This is obviously back when Fleetwood Mac did that tour with those two members. He said, we've all had our ups and downs, but we always put the band's legacy first. But what this did was dishonor the legacy that we built. Now, Stevie issued a similar statement to Rolling Stone at the time, and in one section highlighted, quote, an exceedingly difficult time with Lindsay at Music Cares in New York. Aha! Saying she decided after the event that she was no longer willing to work with him. Again, I refer you to that video. He did nothing in any case. She said, I could publicly reflect on the many reasons why, and perhaps I will do that someday in a memoir. But suffice it to say, we could start in 1968 and work up to 2018 with a litany of very precise reasons why I will not work with him. All right, Stevie, you do you. Ego. Okay, speaking of band drama, John Karabi hit social media to debunk rumors that he would replace Vince Neil on the upcoming stadium tour next summer. Of course, he was on their 1994 self-titled album, He shared a screenshot on his socials of a Metal Den article with the headline, Motley Crew holding secret rehearsals with John Karabi, Vince Neil to be ousted. The article claimed that Nikki Sixx had issued an ultimatum to Vince to, quote, lose a significant amount of weight for the comeback tour or he would be fired and replaced by Karabi. Now, if that were to happen, would not surprise me at all. However, Karabi, having none of it, quote, gang, I've received a ton of messages from a lot of you who have unfortunately fallen for this crock of shit. He said, here's the real deal. I can categorically state here once and for all the chances of my return to Motley 0%. He said, one, there is no way Nikki ordered an ultimatum to Vince and use me as leverage. Two, there were absolutely zero secret rehearsals. And three, after my incredibly stupid portrayal in the Dirt movie and the ludicrous, shitty statements of one of the band members in regards to my contributions and lack of writing talents, yours truly is not even remotely interested in doing that again. He concluded by saying, don't buy into the clickbait. I wish Tommy Lee, Nikki, Mick Mars and Vince the best on their tour and their future endeavors. Now, he seems to be referencing comments that Nikki made in 2016 about the writing process for Motley Crue, for that self-titled album. Nikki said, quote, it was a very unfocused record. It was painful for me because John Karabi can't write lyrics and I had to do all that work. It was the first time I'd ever had to work with somebody that wanted to participate in the lyrics and my standard is so high that It was just, it was so hard. It took months. He was a nice enough guy, but he just didn't have that fire, and it was hard for me. Of course, Motley Crue enlisted Karabi in 1992, shortly after Vince Neil's departure. Whether he quit or was fired, that's kind of a point up to debate and the crew's heavier darker sound on that album actually impressed some critics but didn't do well commercially leading motley Crue to reunite with vince for 1997's generation swine karabi unfortunately and unfairly relegated to pretty much a footnote in motley Crue's history in the uh, dirt movie he was only on screen for just a few seconds And finally, Frank Hannon is opening up about his battle with the coronavirus after Tesla was forced to postpone a series of tour dates early last month. They said in a statement at the time, due to members of the touring party contracting COVID, Hannon says he waited too long to get vaxxed and now urges music fans to, quote, come together and help end the ongoing pandemic. He says he endured a difficult recovery. He said he hadn't been able to move all week because of the pain. This was back on August 8th on his socials. He says he woke up with a fever of 102 and could hardly breathe. This was on the day the band's bus was set to leave on tour. Wisely, he decided to stay home. He got tested. That was positive. He said, quote, I waited too long to get the vaccine. He said, I'll be honest, I listened to too many opinions that weren't qualified. That's a big mistake that's happening in the world today. I paid the price for it. I ended up getting it too late, too close to the tour when we were supposed to leave, and I got sick. By August 30th, he said he and his wife were on the mend, they'd found, quote, a new lease on life. He said, we're fully vaccinated now, and this is real, man. This shit ain't no joke. We just lost three more friends. You know, you're either going to make it or not. This is a very bad thing that we need to come together and get this thing killed. Meantime, Tesla back on the road beginning next week in Roanoke, Virginia. Hannon says they're fired up to play again. When they do take the stage, it'll be armed with the brand new song Cold Blue Steel. And there's apparently more to come. Hannon says the band intends to, quote, keep writing. So he's on the mend and Tesla moves forward. And that is the Classic Rock Files.